0: The following message is from King's Church 1066, based in Hastings, Bexhill and the surrounding area. For more information, head to our website, kings1066.org. This morning, I've got the privilege of opening up the Word of God with us this morning. Um, So hopefully you're ready. Um, I've chosen not to just take one part of the Bible, but the whole of the Old Testament. You know, we've got a bit of time, 29 minutes, 48, to get through the whole of the Old Testament. But not just the Old Testament, we're then going to look at the New Testament as well. Okay, so hopefully you're ready for this. Um, But before we start there, did you know there are only 22 days until Christmas? 22 days. A quick show of hands, who here has started their Christmas shopping? So everyone look at Janair quickly. Who has finished their Christmas shopping? I'm nearly there, nearly there. Well done if you have started or finished your Christmas shopping. This morning I'm going to look a little bit about the Christmas message. I'm going to look a little bit about the Easter story as well, because I'll have a well-rounded picture. But this morning we've been covering over the Venue Sundays kind of spiritual gifts. We've looked at encouragement, we've looked at heavenly languages, we had um, prophetic words and healing. This morning we're looking at prophecy in particular. Prophecy. Uh, And if you don't know, if you're new to church, and you might think, what on earth is prophecy? Prophecy simply is an encouragement or something along those lines about the future inspired by God. That's usually what we're looking at for in prophecy. And when we think about Christmas, prophecy is probably not the thing we maybe think of from the beginning, right? Maybe when we think Christmas, we think about the gifts, about what we're going to receive under the tree, or maybe not receive under the tree. Until the age of ah, about 15 years old, every year from my nan, I would receive a dot-to-dot coloring book. Every year, and I had to pretend that I liked it every year. Maybe you're looking forward to the gifts. Maybe we think about family, who we're going to see, maybe who we're forced to see at Christmas. But ultimately, what I hope at some point we think about is Jesus when we think about Christmas. And like sometimes when we think about the birth of Jesus, I love this just from the get-go when we think about prophecy. When we, when we think about the birth of Jesus, we think about a nice, clear, crisp night in Bethlehem. Some of the best-known carols talk about quiet atmosphere. Silent night. Silent night, holy. It sounds very nice, doesn't it? Or, or oh, holy night. Have you heard that one before? It sounds very still, very calm. But actually, the first prophecy that we're going to look at, and this. I'm not even going to touch this for too long, but in the Gospel of Luke, actually, it says that the there's a light, kind of heavenly beings just appearing, lighting up the sky, piercing its stillness with shouts of glory to God in the highest. It's not so still and quiet. It's bright. It's out there. It's Jesus. He's in the world. It's for all to know. That's like, well, that is a prophecy. But, um, or, or maybe it's not even a prophecy. But actually, I haven't even started on the prophetic stuff. I've we got the Old Testament to do. But... The title of this uh, of this sermon is called what are the chances what are the chances what are the chances for example what are the chances of you flipping a coin and it landing on heads any guesses it's not a trick question i promise it's one in two okay not a trick question what are the chances of finding a four leaf clover any guesses Oh one in 10,000 are the chances. What are the chances of someone having four identical quadruplets? It's one in 15 million. But these are all fairly, you know, these could happen. Chances of winning the lottery, it's even harder. One in 45 million. These are unrealistic chances, but they're still very, very possible. But the question is, what are the chances of Jesus Christ coming, fulfilling all of the prophecies? In in Scripture, it says there's hundreds upon hundreds of prophecies. Now, if Jesus was just a human being, the chances are crazy, the chances of... we'll go through a bit later, but the chances of just an ordinary person fulfilling all of these prophecies In the research that I've done is one in 10,000 Billion, 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 billion... One in 10,000 followed by 22 billions is the chances of just a normal person coming and fulfilling these prophecies. The best thing is Jesus isn't just an ordinary person. Jesus is fully God, fully man. It is Jesus we're here to worship. So the first prophecy I want us to look at in terms of Jesus and the life of Jesus is we're looking at the seed of a woman. The first and oldest written prophecy given directly by God is found in the opening chapters of Genesis. Uh, you might know Genesis, you might not. Just a quick kind of summary. God makes Adam and Eve in the garden. And he says, go, multiply, be fruitful. You can do rule over the land, just don't eat from that tree. The tree of knowledge. Don't eat from that one. Apart from that, you're good. What does he do or what does Eve do? eats from the tree, they get, they get encouraged by the snake, the serpent, go, go, and you know, God's hiding stuff, go. And then that's when sin comes into the world. So right from Genesis 3, right at the beginning of the Bible, we read this, I will put enmity between you, you being the devil, and the woman. And between your seed and her seed. Now this here is an illusion of the virgin birth. He, he being Jesus, will bruise your head. Not our heads. The devil's head. Okay, he's going to defeat sin. And you shall bruise his heel. Right from the beginning in Genesis 3, we see the first prophecy of Jesus. And you might be thinking, well, that was lucky, wasn't it? Maybe, maybe, um, maybe when this was written, Moses is credited by many to write Genesis. Maybe he got lucky. Well, it's been estimated that this was written 1,500 years before Christ was even born. What are the chances? I don't know. But they're probably quite slim, right? They're probably quite slim, That actually, from the beginning, God had a plan. It wasn't like God had a plan, you know, a thousand years later and thought, oh, I need to fix this. No, God had a plan. And one of the things I just want to quickly highlight here with prophecy is right, you know, these are, this is in scripture. This is the word of God. And I would encourage you with prophecy, when we're talking about futures, specifically when we're talking into other people's lives, it's really helpful just to grab another person. I've found it really helpful when I have a prophetic word for somebody, just to grab a uh, Paul Edworthy or Don Maddie or do you know I mean? whoever, just to weigh it up with us. It gives us a bit of a safety blanket for us and the other person. But these prophecies are in Scripture. They're in the Word of God. And like I say, from the get-go, we see that from the beginning, God had a plan from the beginning. The next one, the eternal one, will be born in Bethlehem. So not only do we have, he's going to be conceived uh, to a woman, we even get the location of this prophecy. It says in Micah 5:2, But you, Bethlehem, though you are little among the thousands of Judah. So it's a small place, a relevant place in the grand scheme of things. Uh, among the thousands of Judah. Yet out of you shall come forth to me, the one to be the ruler in Israel, whose going forth are from of old, from everlasting. Bethlehem. We hear about it all the time, a little town of Bethlehem, you know, songs like that. Let's not skip over the fact that even God had a plan through prophecy of the location that Jesus was going to be born. And we read this in Matthew 2.1, read this in John, read this in Luke. And what I love here, if we bypass Bethlehem, I think we've missed a little bit. Jesus could have been born now. He could have gone viral now. He could have had a great social media following right now. It would have been on the news now. But there's something about it being then in the secret. Jesus humbly coming and being born in Bethlehem, a place where you're not going to want to be born. It makes more sense for him to be born in a big city where there'd be lots of paparazzi, if that was a thing back then. Where people are going to get on Instagram and make sure they do their lives of him. They're going to get social media buzzing with him if it was in a bigger town or city. But actually, there's there's prophecy about the location of when Jesus was going to be born. This prophecy was written by Micah approximately 800 years before Jesus was born. What are the chances? This is all out of Jesus' control if he's, if he's human. What, what the chance? When my son Dougie was born, he didn't have a chat with Maddie saying, can I be born in Hastings? Do you mind if we go over to the conquest and that's where I'd like to be born, please? He, he had no choice in the matter. That's where he was going to be born. But Jesus... Is born in Bethlehem out of his control in that sense, if he's fully human. But it's not out of God's control. But we see seed of a woman, we see Bethlehem. The next one, we see virgin birth of Emmanuel. And we also see God is with us. God is with us. Fully God, fully human. Or as I've liked to write in my notes, fully God, fully baby. When Jesus was born, sometimes we can think he was born a, a man, you know, in the sense of he knew everything. Man, he would have had to have learned things. So when Jesus was born, he wouldn't have just got up and walked. He would have to learn these things. When he was born, he would have, you know, wet himself. He would have cried at night at two o'clock in the morning. He would have done these things because he was fully God and fully baby. If they had, you know, nappies and things back then, he would have had to go through all of that. Virgin birth of Emmanuel, God with us. Isaiah 7, 14. The Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Virgin, which is miraculous in itself. Son. God. God. We see three prophecies even in that thing. We see this fulfilled in Luke 1, 26, 35, where it says, He was born of a virgin for God. Uh, sorry, let me re- re-say that. He was born of a virgin for God was with his, with his father, and he is Emmanuel, God with us. God has come to live among us and reveal himself to us. This scripture points us to which he will be born. And one of the names he was given is God with us. Emmanuel means God with us. And we see it pointing towards his human birth. If you've ever given birth, it's a bit messy. That would have happened. But he is with us. It's amazing. Divine nature. Born of a virgin. You know, that is not possible unless God is involved. This was written... Uh, in Isaiah, around seven hundred years before Christ was born, I ask you again, what are the chances of this happening? What are the chances of this happening? This is all out of jesus 's kind of remit if he 's human, but God had a plan from the beginning, fully God, fully human, fully baby, so we get he 's going to be born as a, as a baby, as a, as a man. We see the location, Bethlehem. We see he's fully God, fully human. But I love this. Even the gifts are prophecy. Even the gifts. In Psalm 72, I told you we're going to go through the Old Testament. Hopefully you're keeping up. I forgot to put them in my slides, so apologies. It says, let the kings bring presents. The kings of Sheba and Seba offer gifts. Yes, all. All kings shall fall down before him. All kings fall down before him. And what I love in Matthew 2 1 to 11, back to the New Testament we go. It says, He came as King of kings. So the kings bow down before him. He's King of kings. And he received gifts gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So the, the prophecy. Has, has been answered because we've seen that he um, is the king of kings and he gets gifts. But one thing that I found interesting when I was doing some reading on this and studying on this was even the gifts themselves are prophecies for the future. So the prophecy doesn't even stop there. Gold means king. Jesus is going to be king. He's going to be on the throne. It's prophecy even there frankincense, which means priest. And the last one, myrrh, which means sacrifice. Even as a baby, there's prophecy over him about his coming times where he's going to have to die on the cross. So the prophecy's been answered from the Old Testament, but all of a sudden, Jesus now has this new prophecy because God has a plan. How can baby Jesus... You know, want these gifts, but God's in the move. God's in the mix. And when I was prepping this, I was actually going to. Maddie, could I have my drink, please? Sorry. When um, I was planning this, thank you. I, I was thinking maybe of just talking about Christmas, but I just kind of realised I couldn't miss out the final part of the jigsaw. Me and Maddie, we, we, we like to plan date nights, very romantic, very lovely. It was my turn to plan date night, so I did a, a plan. Maddie likes jigsaws, um, so we did jigsaws and wine, how lovely. I realised I hate jigsaws, and so I probably did it for all about 15 minutes, got bored, and then just like, well, I don't know. What did I do? Just sat on the sofa or something. I, was, I couldn't be bothered finding the edges. I couldn't be bothered to figure out. And what makes it worse? Side note, it was one of those whiz jig ones where you don't even get a picture to tell you what you need to do. So not only am I realised I'm bored of jigsaws, but it's really difficult as well. So I just gave up. But one of the things here, if we were just to go with just that kind of... Picture. It's like with the wush jig. We just get a kind of little glimpse of the picture that we that's being created. We need to get a full picture. We need the rest of the jigsaw pieces in place. And so the final kind of point is, he came to be an obedient server, servant, uh, even until a sacrificial death. Obedient and sacrificial. Isaiah called him the servant of the Lord who would suffer for our sins. Isaiah 53. And this is fulfilled by Jesus in Matthew 20. The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life a ransom for many. Crucifixion by death uh, at this time was for murderers and thieves. Okay, It was for the worst kind. I know, it was awful. But... Actually, for Jesus, who he claimed to be the Messiah, it was the ultimate sacrifice. I don't know about you, but if I'm having to sacrifice something and it's being prophesied, I'm probably not going to go crucifixion. It's slow. It's painful. It's long. I'd just choose something a bit quicker. You just would. But no, Jesus, it was prophesied that actually he would give his life for ransom. It was prophesied hundreds of years before he was crucified. <clears throat> and when the Roman soldiers took Jesus, it, it, we read that the disciples had already ran. They'd already left. They had been with Jesus for all this time and they go, nope, <laughs> I don't want to die. They don't, they don't want to be with him. So they leave. And Zechariah 13:7, I love I love this in one aspect, because we read prophecy. Jesus, God had a plan from the beginning. Zechariah 13, 7, it says, God will strike the shepherd and the sheep will scatter. Even in that, God is answering prophecy. God will will strike the shepherd, Jesus, and his sheep, the disciples, will scatter. Even that stuff. Why would Jesus want that? Why would Jesus want to be alone in that? Psalm 22:16 says, My enemies surround me like a pack of dogs. An evil gang closes in on me. And this bit, they have pierced my hands and feet. Now this scripture was written by King David, approximately 900 BC. Now the thing with this, crucifixion hadn't even been invented yet. Maybe it was somewhere else. Maybe King David didn't know about it. But it it wouldn't have been in the front of his mind when he wrote this. So even the death of Jesus was prophecy. His hands and feet will be pierced. I don't like stubbing my toe because it hurts. Jesus chose to fulfill this prophecy. Jesus was beaten with a lead-tipped whip that ripped flesh from his back. Isaiah 56 says, I offered my back to those who beat me, and my cheeks to those who pulled out my beard. I did not hide my face from mockery or spitting. Even how he was tortured on the way to the cross, there's prophecy. Even from the get-go, Jesus chose to fulfill these prophecies. If he is just a human being, just a bloke, you're not going to fulfill that Maybe the other ones, they sound cool. This one, I don't know about you, but I ain't going to do it. I'm just not going to go there because it hurts. But Jesus chose. He said, God has spoken, so I'll do it. Psalm sixty-nine, twenty-one. This is all just prophecy about the death of Jesus now. Psalm sixty-nine, twenty-one. They offer me sour wine for my thirst. Even what the Roman soldiers give Jesus is prophecy of then what happens. They didn't offer him nice things like water. No, they offered him horrible food. And when I was researching it, it said it would have been like vinegar. The best, I think, taste they could describe it as. I was half tempted to buy some vinegar and get someone up here to drink some vinegar. And just see what happened and we could all laugh. I, I chose not to. But it would have been disgusting. Even that is prophesied with Jesus. Psalm 22, 7. Everyone who sees me mocks me. They sneer and shake their heads, saying, Is this the one who relies on God? Then let the Lord save him. Have you ever considered that Jesus could have come down from the cross? He could have quite easily. He could have just said to His angel friends, hey, this hurts, I'm done. I can't be bothered with it anymore. This hurts and I'm going to heal, heal, done. Do you know what I mean? He could go, the, the whips on my back, heal, done. I don't want this anymore. Jesus, what do you do? He fulfills the prophecy. What are the chances? Even in pain, he fulfills them. Saying, Father, forgive them. They do not know what they're doing. Amazing. Psalm 109.4 I love them, but they try to destroy me with accusations even as I'm praying for them. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Jesus, in the midst of pain, is praying. Even that prophecy is answered. He's praying for, for people that do not know him, that are whipping him, spitting on him, pulling out his beard. Even that prophecy is fulfilled. Remember, if this is an ordinary bloke, the chance of even fulfilling these, all of the prophecies, is one in 10,000 followed by 22 billions. Even this prophecy, he answers. And I love that we, we read, Jesus has died on the cross. We know the story, you know, he gets taken down. And uh, he gets taken uh, from the cross to a, a tomb of a rich man called Joseph. And they gave him the tomb, and that's an answer to prophecy. Isaiah 53, 9 says, he was put in a rich man's grave. What are the chances? Jesus is dead. If he's fully human, what are the chances? When you're dead, you're out of control. When you're, when you're dead, you can't, you can't say, oh, I'd like to go in that grave, please. You can't. A bit like before Jesus was born, it's out of his control in that sense. He's fully human. But God is in the middle of this. You see, the Holy Spirit is within all of this. We see God in the mist. We see Jesus on the cross, born. We see the Holy Spirit moving as well. So I ask you the question, what are the chances? What are the chances of Jesus saying who he is? Like I said, Christmas is 22 days away. But Christmas was not just a random act. It wasn't a second thought. It wasn't like... Ah, oh, the humans are really, really messed up. I better do something. We see that there was a plan from the beginning which was being unveiled over time. We see the birth of Jesus when the plan started. Well, we see right in Genesis, the first jigsaw piece. We then see the jigsaw coming into place with Jesus. We see more of the jigsaw coming into place through the life of Jesus. We see the jigsaw. Coming to completion at the, at the death and resurrection. We are in such a privileged time to be able to see the full picture. We're also so privileged in the UK to be able to have one of these. Where we can read the full picture. Or well, if you haven't got one of these, you've got you know, a phone or audio, whatever. We are so, so privileged to see the full jigsaw of Jesus. And as we've looked in the Old Testament, and I know it's been sort of, we've covered a lot of ground. I would massively encourage you to not just take my word for it. Look yourself as well. So when this goes online or whatever, take your time to go through it. It's going, well, Dan said it said in Isaiah, blah, 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 that this was going to happen. Did it really? Genuinely, I would encourage you to do that. To make sure I'm not just making this up. To make it sound nice. Do look into it for yourself. But I do want you to take away this. For two things. The Bible. The word of God. Living and active word of God. It can be trusted. These prophecies weren't just written to sound nice. They were written because God had said so. Then Jesus came to fulfil them. Whether they had been prophecy and they've already come to pass there'll be there'll be times where you might feel I can't fully trust God in this moment it's too difficult it hurts it's painful believe me Jesus has been there just a couple of thousand years ago it is a matter of time we live in a post-christian culture Where right now it's more important than ever to know the facts of Jesus. I'm convinced of it. You don't need to know every word of this, you know, where it says, you know, page 112, it says this. But I'm convinced we need to know the facts of Jesus, even the prophecy. Jesus didn't just plod along hoping for the best and he got lucky. It was all prophecy, even the life of Jesus do you want to come uh, back up? Christmas is only 22 days away. I really don't want us to miss out on all Jesus has for us over the next 22 days. At the beginning, I said, who here started their Christmas uh, shopping? Who here's uh, nearly finished? Who's finished? Let's not get caught up with Christmas being about gifts, although they're nice. I would love a new PlayStation if anyone would like to give me one. But let's not get caught up on gifts. Let's not get caught up on family. Where we get too busy to forget who Christmas is all about. We read in the Old Testament, it's about a God who promised men and women long ago that he would send his Messiah to them to save them and give them hope. That's the message that we carry now, we can give people hope because of Jesus. Maddie, sorry, I, I must have dropped the key part. i the two flyers on the chair. Thank you. Let's not forget about the missional nature of Christmas. There's only a few of these left. But we've got services next week and the week after. I would encourage you, be bold, be brave. Why not give one of these out? And they're here about Jesus, the Jesus who I've just been talking about for half an hour. Let's give these to our friends, our neighbours, our work, colleagues. And if we run out of these, that's amazing. But let's not use that as an excuse to not still be missional. Maybe you send them a a link to something. Maybe you tell them about Jesus. It's scary. I, I... Sometimes I'll tell colleagues a little bit about Jesus and I am a nervous wreck inside. I'm just doing it to be obedient because I don't want them to miss out on all Jesus has done. So what's the chances? Human, one in 10,000, 22 billions. But if Jesus is who he says he was, there's a 100% chance of this happening. If Jesus was fully God, fully human, 100% chance. It's not even a question. It's outside man's control these things, but with God in the mix, there's a 100 percent chance of it happening. Why don't we stand to our feet? And we've got a bit of time, extended a little bit of time, to focus our eyes on Jesus, Jesus, who was born in, a, in Bethlehem, which isn't glorious. To worship Jesus who grew up as fully God, fully baby. God who had a perfect life. I didn't even cover that, but perfect life without sin. We're here to worship Jesus who then took that sin on the cross. Prophecy of he was beaten, hands pierced. He fulfilled that prophecy of my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He did it for you and for me and for Hastings and 1066 country and England and the UK and the world. Past, present and future. He did it for for everyone. And so we're going to have a time where we can worship Jesus. And I'd encourage you, if there's something you're struggling with this morning, why not ask the person you came with, person next to you, whoever it might be, hey, I'm struggling. Can we quickly pray at the beginning? So I can fix my eyes on Jesus. If that's a distraction, a little blockage. Hey, can we quickly pray? Blah, 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 blah. Pray. Fix our eyes on Jesus. I'm going to pray. I'll hand over to the band and we will just sing our praises to King Jesus. Jesus, I thank you that you came in the way that you did. I thank you, God, that you had a plan from the very, very beginning. I thank you that it wasn't just a, oh, I'll make this up as I go along and let's hope for the best. No, God, you had a plan and that plan was good and we can trust you every single day. Even when I choose not to believe you or trust you or put my full faith in you, right now, on the 3rd of December, I'm choosing once again to put my trust in you. And Jesus, I'm going to worship you with all I have this morning. I'm going to choose to fix my eyes on you again this morning. Because you are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy of all of our praise. Amen. Amen.